Hello, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you are staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali, and this is today's tech briefing. In this program, so to uncover the real problem, you need to be really following a protocol of questioning and getting to the um, getting the root, and that is something that we have solved with AI. Um, so across, um, you know, one uh, thousand odd um, conditions. That's after these headlines. Byju's, an edtech company in India, has acquired US-based Epic Creations, a reading platform provider for children, for $500 million. The acquisition will help expand Byju's US footprint, bringing it access to the more than 2 million teachers and 50 million children in Epic's existing user base, which more than doubled over the last year. Surin Markosian, Epic's CEO, and co-founder Kevin Donohue will remain in their roles, Baiju said in a press release. Instagram has started testing a new feature called Collab in India and Britain that lets users invite each other as collaborators on a post or a reel. Accounts of collaborators will show in the header of the post or the reel and it will be shared to the followers of both accounts. You will also be able to see shared feedback on the content. Users having this feature will be able to see an option to tag people when they upload a feed post or a reel, through which they can search for another user and add that account as a collaborator if the invite is accepted. Clubhouse is now open to all and no longer invite only, co-founders Paul Davison and Rohan Seth said yesterday in a blog post. Around 10 million people are currently on the waitlist and they will slowly be added to the audio networking app, The Verge reported. While this means millions of people won't be added right away, anyone trying to sign up afresh will be able to do so, according to The Verge. Clubhouse also recently launched its direct messaging feature, Back Channel, which, according to the company, saw 10 million messages sent within the first day of launch and more than 90 million over the first week, according to The Verge. Wipro, India's fourth biggest IT services company, and Celonis, an execution management software and consultancy provider, are setting up a global center to offer Celonis's technologies to customers. This partnership will bring Celonis's execution management system and Wipro's IT expertise to clients across a range of areas, including finance, human resources, and supply chain management. Through the center, customers will be able to work with digital twins to monitor, standardize, and control various business processes and make them more efficient, effective, and data-driven. Outplay, a multi-channel sales engagement platform, has raised $7.3 million in Series A funding from Sequoia Capital India. Outplay will use the money to invest in technology and hiring people. Launched in 2019, Outplay aims to bring predictability to outbound sales and help every salesperson talk to the right prospect at the right time through the right channel. The platform helps outbound sales teams plan, execute, track, measure and optimize interactions between companies and their prospects across multiple channels like email, phone, SMS, social media as well as live chat. Mfine is one of India's most popular mobile health services apps. It allows users to consult doctors online, buy medicines and book tests and have samples collected at home. It also includes an AI-powered self-check feature for a small number of diseases. 
I spoke to Ajit Narayanan, CTO at M-Fine, about how the four-year-old Bangalore startup is bringing AI in healthcare to millions of users. Here's more from the conversation. Ajit, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. Hey, thanks, Sari. Yeah. Uh, I mean, M-Fine, of course, is uh, one of the top healthcare apps uh, today in India, downloaded by a very large number of users online consultations, testing services. And I see that there's even a self-check uh, feature. Uh, but for folks who may not be familiar with MFine, just tell us a bit about uh, what you started with, uh, I think around 2017, and what it has evolved, evolved into today. Sure. So, uh, Hari, um, so we started in 2017 trying to solve two problems of Indian healthcare delivery. Uh, one of access and second uh, being quality. Okay. Um, we realized that um, any healthcare touchpoint today in India uh, is hard to get to. Right? Um, this is a problem not just in a tier two, uh, even in a tier one city. This is a problem. If you talk about a super specialist, uh, specialist, um, hard to get to the uh, the right doctor and right care. Uh, the same way, if you leave uh, tier one and go to tier two cities or beyond, I think the problem only worsens. Right. Um, so access is a big challenge. Um, doctors are primary um, points of the access, but it is also the same for um, good diagnostics, radiology, um, understanding about surgical needs, um, so getting surgeries done, post-surgical care. All of these touch points have uh, difficulty um, in, in India today, right, in terms of access. Second is quality, um, which is defined as even if you do get access, <coughs> um, quality of that care process, which is, um, now, what are the things that you as a patient must do? Um, there, are, there are no standardized protocols, at least that is not that is um, you know publicly visible, that are followed by doctors today, right? Uh, not everybody would do it. And therefore, the quality of the outcomes that you get uh, also differs. So these are the two problems that we wanted to solve. And um, we said using technology, this can be addressed um, using two levers of technology, one of access and second of quality. Right. Um, access is defined as um, any touch point of healthcare today is hard to get to. Right. Be it um, consulting with the doctor, getting diagnostics done, um, surgical care discovery, post-surgical care. All of this are hard to get to, even for a tier one. Um, you know, um, somebody who lives in a tier one city, because uh, getting to a super specialist and specialist becomes a problem. Right. Uh, a general physician, gynecologist, and pediatricians are probably easy to access. But anything beyond that becomes a problem in tier one and tier two and tier three and beyond. It's across, right? Any doctor, any care is hard to get to, right? And second is quality, which is um, clinical outcomes. When you go to a healthcare provider, uh, what is uh, what can you expect as a patient? Can I expect my condition to be managed well, reversed? Um, these are uh, somewhat not, um, uh, you, you go in there not knowing this as a patient today, right? And that's what we wanted to address. And that's why we set up MFINE. And we said these both problems of access and quality is solvable using technology. Two levers, lever one being mobile, lever two is artificial intelligence. So lever one solves the sort of, um, mainly addresses the access problem, which says, if you virtualize all touch points of healthcare and make them accessible through mobile, so anybody irrespective of their geographic location should be able to get to it. Second, um, if you use AI, um, you can use a learning system to learn protocols, learn what is the right way to 
investigate a problem and come to a um, some sort of an approach of how do you manage the situation then you can have standardized care through protocols across every condition every kind of patient and every doctor right? and that is where we use ai largely um, so marrying these two is what mfind sets to do to solve the access and quality problem so we run we started the business in 20 i mean we set up the company in 2017 started the business in early 2018 with telemedicine first um which is get access to any specialty across 33 specialties we have doctors um in uh, and then we started diagnostics which is um you know pathology tests at home um and we added radiology to it a little later on so entire diagnostics pathology or imaging tests can be now um accessed remotely which means you can you can get it booked you can either walk to a center next to you or if somebody would come home and draw samples and get it tested and give you reports digitally and we also started a third business line of medicine delivery which is basically to once your prescription is done and you meet a doctor you can also order the medicines online and you know the medicine would come to you at home so these are the three businesses that we um, run we will extend to inpatient care also pretty soon um, so this is um, um what we what we solve um as them when we say it is a one app for all your healthcare needs right so be it seeing a doctor be it getting diagnostics or health check done getting your diabetes uh, of your parents um, you know in control all of it um, we would have um, solutions for for the consumer um you already mentioned ai uh, as the second pillar of uh, the tech that you've built uh, at mfine of course today there's a lot of excitement over the potential of applying ai to healthcare uh, at the broader level uh, what are the biggest trends that you see in the way uh, uh, hospitals and doctors are uh, applying ai so um i think um, use of technology extensively so healthcare is a broad subject right i mean um, uh, outpatient to inpatient care drug discovery um, all of that um, you know um, genomics and, and all of that is a fairly big field and technologies use and particularly ai has been uh, put to use for a lot of uh, let's say medical applications i mean if you look at um, uh, a ct scan machine or mri machine etc uh, techniques of imaging and intelligent imaging uh, algorithms etc have been around uh, for some time so usage of um, ai and let's say uh, intelligent algorithms have been there but on the consumer side is what uh, where we are bringing ai to the sort of uh, uh, out into the um, world right um and that's where i think our ai um, uh, what we are trying to innovate uh, happens mostly on the on the consumer side um examples where we apply ai as um, is a standardized investigation protocol so um Uh, if you look at any um, any disease uh, the diagnosis of a disease there is a certain set of processes and procedures that you apply as a doctor to come to a conclusion of what the problem could be right it is like any root cause analysis if you do if you know generally techies are usually aware of such things right you ask questions and you you discover what the problem underlying condition is because it it surfaces itself as symptoms right um Um, a fever is a symptom to something underneath uh, your body that your body is fighting an infection and 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 um, you know your oxygen saturation drop because of certain reasons right which are underneath 
So to uncover the real problem, you need to be really following a protocol of questioning and getting to the um, getting to the root. And that is something that we have solved with AI. Um, so across um, you know uh, one thousand odd um, conditions uh, today are uh, when you come and do a consult on MFind, there is a virtual doctor that comes in. Uh, does the investigation with the patient, gathers all the information that it needs to in a certain protocol that um, generally doctors follow and it is standardized and then summarizes all this information for the doctor to look at. So the summary includes all of the investigation details. It is also giving inputs about what the differential diagnosis could be and potentially basis any diagnosis, what the treatment plan also could look like for the patient. Of course, none of this is directly exposed to consumers. Right? So doctors see it. And then he's able to make those decisions quickly. So doctors benefit by um, a very detailed investigation, a thorough investigation that has already been done. And that is done through AI. This is one such example. Second, um, when you um, today consult, um, you, uh, you know, especially for chronic conditions, et cetera, you generally have a lot of your blood works and reports that you have to present to the doctor, you have to look at longitudinal data across time for you and see how things have been progressing, etc. Um, our uh, AI is able to read all of this information from images that you might upload, right? You can just click an image of a report and upload and things get automatically digitized, which means that in some sense, you can imagine this to be a virtual doctor's ability to see reports and understand reports. So that is uh, read automatically classified into your uh, health records um, organized there a long time. Uh, it is able to infer from there what it means and present also that summarized information to the doctor so that he makes the right decisions and so on. Three, it is able to do emergency triaging. So you come to a, uh, an online platform. Um, many a times, uh, some people also come to us purely when there is an emergency as well, right? Because you, you believe that you can um, you can get it resolved quickly and count. You know, uh, as counterintuitive that it may sound. In fact, we don't recommend um, online consultation for emergencies, extreme and so on and so forth. You should be rushing to a hospital and um, physical care immediately. So our um, machine is able to do that triaging quite successfully as well. Um, we are extending this AI as self-checks, which is what you observed, Hari, uh, you mentioned that you saw in the app. Um, these are easy ways in which you can measure um, just assess yourself for a risk of certain chronic conditions, right? Diabetes or, you know, hypertension, you know, PCOD and then so on and so forth. Um, it gives you a very, sometimes you're in this anxious state, right? Both for acute or chronic conditions that you're not sure if you want to see a doctor yet. And you could simply run an assessment, which an AI will power, uh, which the AI powers. And you're able to see whether you are at a risk for diabetes or you should be seeing a doctor or you can just make lifestyle modifications and just move on, etc. So we give you that input. That is part of our virtual doctor just exposed as basic checks. Of course, with all disclaimers that this is not in place for a doctor's consultation at all. We don't recommend for that. But for anxiety, you can, you know, if you're anxious about certain things, of course, you can just get it checked and, um, and make the right calls of seeing the doctor and, and, and so on and so forth. That is one. Second, some of these vision, computer vision things that I told you about, we are also exposing that to consumers. Um, just a recent example is that we launched a, a solution on the app, which is able to measure your blood oxygen saturation using the mobile phone's camera and uh, lens, right? It uses the same technique like a conventional pulse oximeter would, um, which is what is called as PPG, which is a um, photoplethysmogram. 
which basically looks at reflected right, light rays from your finger and it's able to look at saturation of color and detect what is the uh, oxygen saturation because your the color varies based on the amount of dissolved oxygen in your blood and this we can now detect using the just the flash white light we use white, white light as opposed to infrared being used by um, um, and red light being used by uh, pulse oximeters conventional ones we are trying to do that um, and we put out a beta version of the tool on the app um, which um, consumers could use uh, to to look at their uh, you know blood oxygen etc it's of course not yet at a um, grade of a conventional oximeter yet but we are hoping that we'll get it there very soon and we'll also go in for certification to actually certify it as a sort of a medical device in the, in the coming future. So this also is opening up access if you look at it, right? Now, anybody with a phone could start using a digital tool. And we hope that in the coming months, we are able to push out more such tools to the end consumer in which AI um, you know, reaches to, um, to pretty much um, all Indians. Um, the mobile phone itself is a powerful device. And we believe we can add a lot more capabilities to it um, uh, like this, right? Another example that we are trying to work is whether we can use skin condition um, detection to figure out if you're pre-diabetic or not. Typically in pre-diabetic uh, cases, you'd have a skin condition that forms at the back of your neck, in the folds of your neck, uh, which you can detect and figure out if there is a, a, you know, a predisposition to diabetes that you might contract in the future. So these are easy ways in which somebody could assess and then take the right calls of you know, really inquiring, doing maybe a blood test and, you know, based on the doctor's advice and doing the right thing. So we want to make um, healthcare accessible. And this is how AI plays a part uh, for us specifically um, at MFind, right? Um, yeah. The self-checks, uh, would, you, would you be working on extending it into a more generalized diagnosis tool where people can just start saying, I have a cough, I have a fever, and maybe a bot will ask a series of questions and give some preliminary diagnosis and recommendation? Yeah. So um, we look at it like this. Um, so we classify the kind of problems that consumer comes for into two buckets, acute or chronic conditions. Right? Our focus largely for self-checks is going to be around assessments of risk for chronic conditions, largely, uh, which means that, look, very... Um, See, most of the chronic issues, right, that the NCDs as non-communicable diseases, as we talk, as we say, um, are what is also called as lifestyle diseases, right? The awareness, um, first of all, I mean, if, if uh, today, um, let's look at the situation. Reality is uh, grim. We add more NCD patients to the list, the growing list of, let's say, sick people in the country, uh, faster than any other country in the world. Um, and majority of it starts stems from the fact that you're not aware, you're not probably tuned to making small changes, etc. Right? Often people confuse the you know a chronic care to be that I have to stop living my life only then you know I don't get diabetes or I can recover. You can't recover, but you can you know control diabetes. And the reality is probably not that. If you had access to this early on in your in your let's say youth or whatever else. Um, yeah, and if you are able to constantly just check, there are minor modifications you need to do to your, you know, lifestyle to actually put this in control, right? I mean, if you're there is a family history, then you might have to do something more. But but in generally, generally, this is possible that you can keep things in at bay. So our focus on self check is to 
assess risk of people for chronic conditions and then telling them what is the right things to do including things like very simple habits that you can enable like for instance if you are in your 20s and there is a um, genetic disposition that you might get diabetes there are people in your family who already have it direct uh, parents or grandparents then adding um, a few minutes of exercise into your daily routine or cutting down carbohydrates in your in your food intake right by minor modifications um, you can actually reduce the risk and that is going to be our focus but having said that we will also do a bit of acute care especially you take an example of migraines uh, every time you get a headache and you're wondering whether it's migraine you always hear stories about how difficult migraine is and, and so on and so forth so you should be able to do a quick assessment on that as well we will introduce something for respiratory disorders which gives you and even um, hopefully in the area of um, children with colic uh, i mean colic problems in early on in uh, you know uh, the early growth of uh, you know babies uh, we will do certain things there as well which lets you quickly get a view of what it is of course for acute we of uh, you know we recommend that beyond that you should take the right call of talking to a doctor because that's always the right thing to do they will we, we can never replace that but at least a starting point should be there so our focus will be mostly on chronic but we will also do a few acute conditions as well we may not go the full hog of all acute conditions respiratory definitely in headaches definitely there and certain conditions for pediatrics we will we will uh, uh, you know um, explore and and bring out tools for that mm. uh, again uh, broadly what are the what are some of the most important potential uh problems or pitfalls of using ai in healthcare and uh, how are experts like you trying to resolve these problems sure so i think um you know typically when somebody thinks ai um the general approach that people take is or oh, it, it replaces something right and i think the moment you start to think of it like that i think we uh, we will hit problems right uh, problems of all kinds um our approach to ai has been um assistive which is to basically to counter that standing right we don't take the standard on so we are not saying that hey ai should solve everything in healthcare right? it will not and um, um there is only a, a limit to which we can go ai is still very narrow in its approach it can do very specific things like for instance there can be a model that detects um covid-19 from let's say chest x rays or sorry um, uh, ct scans of um uh, ct lung right it can do one specific thing well um not to be a doctor you have to do a million things right and will there ever be an ai which is able to cover all of it i hardly doubt it in the next 10 15 years right i don't i don't think that uh, we will reach that maturity so um any stand that assumes it's a replacement i think is bound to fail and that thing that's largely been the pitfall um or let's say difficulty of both doctors patients and everybody accepting that fact right we don't take that stand we say it is assistive at best we can tell you something that is helping um so our ai is to make sure that protocols are standardized so at least that the we don't miss anything in um these are repetitive tasks right once you know how do you investigate uh, upper respiratory disorder it is repetitive that you can do without fail without missing any step over and over again irrespective of you know um, who the patient is where it comes where it comes from what stage etc 
So that we do in order to help the doctors so that doctors can be pretty sure when they look at the data, all of it has been checked. So that way it is helping the doctors to be much more efficient, much more um, uh, thorough in their, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, treatment. They can focus on the treatment plan and recovery and all of that. Um, similarly, we are assisting the patients also to do basic assessments or simple tools, digital tools, which are able to, which are sitting on the mobile phone, helping you to just look at basic parameters first. Is it to replace uh, a digital tool as a medical device? No, it cannot. Uh, I mean, unless we do the certification at some point, which we will do, there will be, but there will be very specific narrow use cases that we can do that. So that's the way we are seeing usage of AI. And so far, um, uh, you know, we've earned the trust of both patients and doctors alike in in uh, in um, our approach in general i would say um, the you know availability of the right data and data uh, there is always a geographic demographic you know a view of the data right um, if you just looked at publicly available data sets and built ai of course it's going to behave based on what the data you feed the algorithm right it is in some sense, it's forming patterns out of the data you feed it. So therefore, it can become biased, right? So if AI builders are not, or technologists are not aware of this problem or not tuning their approaches with this in mind, you could have a very biased intelligence system, right? Which always says one thing only, no? um, meaning, uh, let's say you looked at all chest X-rays from people of the West. You can't apply it to an Indian population directly. Mm -hmm. You can't. Um, so uh, it's very important to look at the data, where you got it from, what kind of uh, consumers, is, is it fairly balanced, only then you can build. So it is a very, very complicated um, and long, uh, you know, a big effort, uh, I would say, to, to build some reasonable amount of uh, fidelity into, these, uh, into this AI. And that's largely um, the two sort of major uh, sort of pitfalls or there's a traps you can get into. Okay. Excellent. Uh, insightful conversation, Ajit. Uh, thank you so much for making time again. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Thank you very much, uh, Hari. That was Ajit Narayanan. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.